Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan, brought to you by Camel's new Chunky Spicy Soup. It's time to get fired up, and man, I, I gotta tell you, I'm fired up after watching Victor Wamanyama. I know we de- dedicated a whole hour of the show to it on Monday. I don't feel like that was enough. Honestly, when you watch Victor in person, when you watch what Victor did to the Raptors tonight, I mean, it is night and day, you know? Like, I, I think we all know exactly where the future face of the league is going to be. It's Victor Wamanyama. Like, I'm watching this game by Victor, and the Raptors lose, by the way, 122-99 to on their home court against San Antonio. Not close at any given moment. Uh, and we'll get to that in a second. But the story of this game is Victor Wamanyama, man. I mean, 27 points, 10 blocks, 14 rebounds, 5 assists. Honestly, it's not even about the stats. I mean, the stats are, are, are incredible, right? And 10 blocks for a triple-double is incredible. But it's the number of times this man gets makes you get out of your seat, makes you run across the room, and just grab your head in, in, in like, disbelief. It's the fact that he's throwing no-look dimes nonstop. He is handling double teams beautifully. He is blocking uh, the Raptors as if it was, like, a dad in the driveway against a five-year-old, which is what this 10th block looked like, by the way, for the triple-double, Grady Dick falling over, and, you know, Wemby just blocking him almost out of pity. It wasn't even a block. It was more like just like a, just like a slight tap, like a tip, like just, you know, that's all you need, really. It's just a little bit because this, this guy was so, <laughs> like, head and shoulder above the Raptors. At one point in the third quarter, the Raptors, for some reason, kept giving the ball to Jakob Pertl to try to score against Wemby. And listen, I love I love Jakob. I love the efficiency. You know, he's got the good push shot and everything like that. But my goodness, man, they were setting him up for failure. Like, they just kept giving the ball to Jakob. And there was one play where Jakob was like, okay, I've been blocked a lot of times in the first half. Second half, got the halftime. You know, got to catch my breath. I know what to do against him, right? I'm going to up fake. I'm going to step through, up and under him. Classic move. It works. 100% of the time. And you got the big to bite. You're right by the you're right by the rim. You step. You put the big body in between, and you go for the scoop layup. He tried that against Wemby. Wemby bit on the fake. And then Wemby just turned around and plucked the – like, he didn't even just – he didn't really just block the shot. He, like, plucked the thing, like like one of those, like, uh, you know, fruit-picking dates that you can do in the summertime in, in southern Ontario. Like, basically went, like, strawberry picking. Just, like, just plucked it off the top shelf. It was so easy for him. And then – <laughs> like two plays afterwards, Scotty's like, all right, man, enough is enough. Let me go at him, right? I'm the I'm the star of this team. I'm the leader of this group. I'm the best player here on the in Toronto, at least. Let me try to go at Victor and take responsibility for the team. You're going to block Jakob? Are you going to block me? All right, I'm going to post him up. I'm going to hit him with my half spin. I'm going to turn the other way, and I'm going to throw a little hook shot up there, right? And, you know, Scotty's very good at doing that shot. Again, it's similar to Jakob. You know, Jakob had a plan. Scotty had a plan. And guess what? Victor punched the both of them in the face with the block because he blocked Scotty on the block. Then Scotty got the, you know, quick jump, got his own offensive rebound, tried to put it back up, and Wemby is still right there and blocks the putback attempt as well. Like, there's so many moments that makes you just laugh, that makes you just, like, appreciate like this is this is where the future of basketball is going like I don't it's it's unbelievable the way that this player makes you feel when you watch him when you see Victor Wamanyama and of course there's mistakes like there's a couple times where Kelly Olenek for example got him to travel or or got him to turn the ball over or stole the ball a couple times like he's not going to play a perfect game but you can just tell the ceiling with this guy it's like 
I'm not even being exaggerating. The ceiling of Victor Wamanyama is like the best player of his whole generation, challenging for the other best players for the other generations. Like he's that level of 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 incredible. And of course, the Raptors had a no show today. That's that's secondary, but just out of pure love of the game alone, you got to give it up for Wemby, man. I mean, I the the amount of just like it's just absurd to see him come out. And of course he's a young player too, but unlike a lot of other young players, like he has that focus and that intensity and that seriousness about his craft. He's playing limited minutes. He got nine blocks today in, in, uh, hold on. He, how, how many minutes he played in total? Yeah. I said he did all that. 27 points, 14 rebounds, 10 blocks, five assists, two steals, 10 of 14 from the field, two threes, five of six from the foul line. He did it under 30 minutes. He, and there's so many stretches of the game that, you know, the teammates don't even find him, but he's able to affect the game on both ends of the floor. He absolutely dominated this game. But there's that focus. There's that intensity. We've talked to his trainer, Tim Martin, about it. We've we've seen, you know, all the other stories about, you know, his 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 seriousness and, his, and the quotes that he gives, the interviews that he gives. It's like it's the absolute dream when it comes to building around a player, a, a young player like you don't. Like, yeah, he's young because you can look at him and even that he's there's still more physical development for him to go, which is an actually terrifying thought to even give. But not only that, but, you know, you you, you, you already see the maturity in his game. You know, you don't he doesn't try to, like, go for, you know, chase the highlight and then, you know, turn down a, a chance to play for the team. He's playing for the team at all times. And he is just a walking highlight. Anything he does basically looks incredible. So he plays within the team concept. He, he, he commits on defense. Just looks incredible. I cannot say enough about Victor. Like, I, I know this is a Raptors podcast, and people are probably, like, very upset and expecting me to, 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 to yell about the team. I mean, I, I suppose that might come. It, it Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. I'm not entirely, like, <laughs> like, well, like once, once you start tanking, like, this is, this, is kind of, this is kind of the feeling you get when you, when you, when you see these bad losses. But nevertheless, as a pure love of basketball, as a pure fan of the game, I'm uh, I, I'm I'm actually going to be very very happy that um, Victor is in the league and just the talent. I mean, again, this is the this is the floor that he's starting at. This isn't like, yeah, this is the floor. Anyway, I, I talked about Wembley enough. Let's talk about the Raptors. Yeah, they lose one twenty two to ninety nine uh, against the Spurs. Darko has to call the first timeout after a minute and twenty seconds. After a minute and 20 seconds, he gets a call the first time out. Guess what? Wemby with a block on Jakob to begin the game. Then Wemby gets an open three, knocks it down. Scotty takes a terrible mid-range jumper. No, no chance. Spurs get a wide-open corner three, and then quickly dribbles up the ball and just loses the ball dribbling around, and the Spurs go the other way, and Victor Wemanyama gets a lob dunk on the fast break. 8 nothing, right away after a minute and 20 seconds. Darko did what Pop was so famous to do which was to call that first snap timeout, to be like, you guys didn't come out prepared. What is this start? Eight nothing. So what do the Raptors come out of that timeout with? Okay, the first play they come out of it with, Emmanuel quickly dribbles into a contested runner after turning on an open three, misses the runner. Then RJ drives on the baseline, gets blocked at the rim. Then Scotty gets an open three, bricks it as well. That's the response right out of the timeout. So guess what? Darko has to call the second timeout. The amount of times I said on this show this year that Darko's had to call the first timeout, and then Darko got to call the second timeout. I'm sorry. There's not enough timeouts in the world that could have flipped what happened here tonight. Raptors did not come to play. Raptors did not look serious at any given moment. And the Spurs came out not just with confidence, but like 
they knew that they obviously had the best player in 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 Victor, which honestly sometimes is the case for a lot of their games. But the rest of their teammates also came up with that focus as well, and the Raptors just could not get anything going. Like, just couldn't get anything going. In fact, it, it took until the Raptors got to the second unit, and that's finally where the Raptors, already down double digits, which they were for the entire game, basically, that's when you started to see some kind of response. And of all people, it was the rookie, Grady Dick, youngest player on the Raptors, who comes in, and, and obviously he started the season slow. You know, it was it, it's, it's not all that surprising for rookies. But since that little conditioning stint or whatever he did in the G League, which doesn't even sound like he did anything special, at least just based on what I asked Grady this morning, a shoot-around, he just said it was more the same, just, just getting ready for preparation and getting time to play. But whatever, whatever it took, after that three-month or three-week uh, conditioning break, he comes back and he's been excellent. And you saw here in the first quarter, immediately goes off for 10 points, is cashing the corner threes, is playing defense. He is you know, getting to the basket uh, on cuts and stuff like that. He's curling off the uh, off the dribble handoffs and shooting like fadeaways confidently in the lane, and not even fadeaways like okay, you know what? I generally don't like contested mid-range shots, but nah, this was just like come off a of curl, you know, Rip Hamilton, Kyle Korver, like that style, you know, of like you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a guy leaning just slightly backwards, and then I'm gonna fade and use my length to shoot over the top as they try to recover, like. Beautiful stuff. And Grady came in and actually gave the Raptors a bit of life. Like, the Raptors were even in a position where they could have potentially tied at home against the Spurs, who have lost every game of this road trip that they've been on in the Eastern Conference. Um, But, yeah, uh, I think that would have, A, required the Raptors to continuously look for uh, Grady, um, which, honestly, for after as good as that first quarter was, you didn't even see him in the second quarter because the Raptors never really found opportunities to pass to him. And it wasn't until the second half where he knocked down back-to-back threes, which was cool. But, like, dude, they, they just stopped finding him in the offense. Meanwhile, for the Spurs, you're like, okay, Victor's on the floor, but at least the good thing with Victor, at least right now, is that they're only going to play him in the 20s in terms of minutes. So eventually he's going to have to sit. And when he sits, maybe the Raptors can come back in this game, get control, and then you never see. You, you never know. Like, you got to see how a young team will react to a bit of adversity. Well, guess what? The Raptors were that young team, and the Raptors were delivered that adversity by an even younger team here tonight because the Raptors going to that second unit to start the second quarter still didn't look any good. And I think that's where you look at, okay, maybe Scotty had a tough night tonight, and that's not a maybe. He did. Um, and I'll talk about him in a second. But at least can we see, like, RJ and quickly, like, step up and carry the load for a while? Didn't see that either. RJ had a really tough time. A couple of opportunities he was able to get to the basket, looked strong, but, you know, overall kind of an empty game. I mean, 13 points minus 30 in 24 minutes. Six to 10 shooting from the field is great, but he missed a lot of open opportunities, and defensively guys are getting around him. And then quickly, the lows can't be this low with quickly because it's starting to scare me a little bit. Like, not to say that I'm not high on quickly's long-term future. I like the skill set, who he is on paper. Clearly, this is a game where he underperformed. You know, but defensively, it's not a positive impact, right? But just based on his size, I think there was discussions of maybe he was a really good help defender in, 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 in New York. I also feel like it's hard to take a guy based on his context in a different team because New York has a totally different, like, you know, set of principles and a, and a set of standards. Like, as much of this is, is weird to say this about the Knicks, but, like, the Knicks actually have standards. Like, they, it's Tibbs. If you don't play defense for Tibbs, if you don't give everything that you ever have to Tom Thibodeau, you're not going to play. And especially on that Knicks team that has established a culture of just really, really playing tough. Like, you look at how good their defense is since, you know, the trade, for example. But regardless, 
you haven't seen an off-ball defense from quickly. You haven't seen an on-ball defense from quickly. But that offensively, that's obviously where he's primarily going to be creating the bulk of their, you know, his value. And you're just not seeing him, like, consistently scoring or, or, or putting ways that he's bending the defense. He needs to either get the pull-up three going to draw two defenders on the pick-and-roll to then create opportunities where teams can't, you know, drop against them, which we even saw today. Some teams were, you know, again, the Spurs make a lot of mistakes. They're a young team. They're going to drop sometimes against a good shooter. But he hasn't been a good pull-up three-point shooter as a Raptor. And then catch-and-shoot, he hasn't really been great on those either. And then when he got downhill, you know, it's also hit or miss. So, of course, this is a really tough game for quickly where he goes for seven points on two of 12 shooting, including a one and nine with three turnovers. But, yeah, that just wasn't a good game from him. And you needed those two to step up because, honestly, more than anything else, and I've, I've given this speech a couple of times, and I, I know that every single time, you know, Scotty has spoken about people immediately go into their battle positions and they're entrenched. And, you know, it's it's either like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, look, again, I, it, I've said it last year. I said it this year um, a couple of times, too. It's really, really difficult to have a conversation about him. It's just not fun, quite frankly, to talk about. But I, I think it's impossible to ignore that in this game. I mean, he had zero points through the first half. He finally knocked down a three to uh, like a minute into the second half. But I think to me, it's just like whether it's fair or not fair or whether it's like it needs to happen now or in the future everything is going to come down to Scotty Barnes. Like, absolutely everything in this franchise is coming down to him. If he succeeds and gets to the next level, the Raptors will succeed and get to the next level, which is basically getting back to the level they were at before, making the playoffs, and then hoping to, you know, build from there, okay? And then if if, uh, if he fails, which is to sort of, like, plateau, not necessarily at the same statistical level, but plateau in terms of, like, you know, not affecting wins, um, then you will see the Raptors fail as a franchise. They have put all their eggs into this one basket, and this is the one you know win condition, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like this is this is this is a strategy, and they and then of course it doesn't have to happen right now. I know our, people are already thinking this is he's 22 years old. You know, like this player at this age, this guy, whatever. That's fine with me. I, again, I'm not asking for it all right now, but I think you need to see positive steps of progression towards that next level. And I think that is both in terms of the actual skill set, which we've talked about, which is got to got to go to move. You got to find a way to score, put that pressure on defenses with your scoring, not just like, you know, the, 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 the force going to the basket, the physicality is a good thing for sure. The versatility is a good thing as well. I like the fact that he's becoming more and more promising as a catch and shoot guy. Guys, teams can't always leave you wide open all the time, even though there's probably more, there's a lot more steps to take as a shooter. But at least, you know, we've taken that first step from point A to point B in terms of punishing uh, wide open opportunities. But there's got to be a go-to option, especially as, as a main score, because otherwise you get into the scenarios where you know what, how can I get a bucket? You know what I mean? Like, late shot clock, or, you know, like, I got a tough defender on me. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, my team is struggling. Like, wh- how can I, like, get them going? And how can I p- consistently put pressure with my, when I scoring? You don't really see that shot creation from him until he actually gets a go-to move of any kind. It doesn't have to be any specific one. It just has to be a go-to move that he can go to all the time that forces teams to double-team him. And at that point, Scotty's pretty good at handling double-teams. So there's that's the encore portion, which I feel like for me, there's other things, too. But that's the main thing you need to see from him. The other thing from him is like that there is there is a leadership piece to this. Right. And 
you know what? No, nobody's, none of us are like in that locker room with them every single day. Sometimes we got to see a, a glimpse of it. We're up close. We deal with some people directly. Um, obviously, we talk to coaches. We talk to the players. We, you know, we're around them obviously more than pretty much your average person. But of course, I, I can't. I can't be silly to say that I know of all the dynamics and everything like that. That's that's outrageous. I don't think anyone can claim that unless you are on the team or you're one of the coaches. Of course, that's, you can generally say that about anybody. The point is, though, like there there is a leadership piece that you need from because we have put all the eggs in the basket. So that means that not only does he have to carry them with the individual play and the scoring and the skill set, the basketball portion. The other aspect is the leadership portion, the personality portion. And I think that's where it becomes really dis- disappointing to see plays where, okay, fine, you get blocked by Wemby. It happens. You get blocked by Sohan on a wide-open layup. It happens. Like, you know, things happen. You know what I mean? Um, but it's the, I'm going to stop playing. I'm going to disengage, which can come in various forms. I'm not going to run back on defense, which you saw on multiple occasions today. There was one play after today where he got blocked by Wemby, and who knows? Maybe it was a foul. Maybe it was a it was a goal 10. I, you know, it, it was a play where Scotty Lucky had a wide-open dunk, but Wemby came out of nowhere. He has that ability, right? He, he blocks him. The play goes the other way. Scotty hadn't didn't fall over. He wasn't injured, wasn't, wasn't um, tired. He just didn't come back at all, like, like there was like eight, nine seconds before he finally got back into the play just in time to see the Spurs hit a wide open three on a five on four. You know what I mean? And like these are the leadership aspects that if you are going to lead the franchise, if everything is going to come back down to you, even if you aren't just like the one leader, even if you are one of the leaders, that cannot be there. The, you cannot tell me that the, the Scotty that we saw here tonight was the same Scotty that we saw against the Cavs. Both games are blowouts. I mean, the Cavs, obviously, they're a way better team, and so you feel a little bit more justified, quote-unquote, in that blowout. But, like, Scotty's aggression on that one, him leading, him telling people where to be, and all that kind of stuff, that's awesome. But you got to be that person every day. There's a real weight. There's a real thing to carry. You're like Frodo with the ring. Like, you have to carry this thing. And the more that you are, you know, uh, succeeding, the heavier the ring gets because the bigger the responsibility is with the organization. And you see lots of instances where he's complaining and, and he's not getting back. Or, honestly, that's the more visible stuff. There's the other parts where it's like, you know, he just disengages. Like, he just doesn't, like, assert himself or play with the same force that you see him to be able to do. Like, for example, after that block, right, uh, and he doesn't get back and whatever, then they, they make the three, the, the Spurs make the three. Then Scotty gets the ball. He's, he's, he's dribbling out the clock because it's the end of the third quarter, and he just turns around and just gives the, the ref an absolute earful of just, like, complaining about the last play. And then finally he turns around and just decides to drive it and goes all the way to the cut for a two-handed dunk. Now, I'm not saying that Scotty has that ability to always just, whenever he wants to, to a two-handed dunk, and therefore we should hold it against him when he just doesn't do a two-handed dunk. Obviously, there's lots of factors that go into that. But my point is, you can totally see where there's times where he's super engaged when they're super not. And it doesn't take away from his ability to take over. It doesn't, It doesn't. you know, 50% of the game or whatever percentage of the game when he's on doesn't define him just like the other half of the game when he's off doesn't define him either. He just needs to find ways to be on more and more and more and more. Again, just think about it. He's the, the responsibility is 
on him. Like, the rest of the franchise, cool. RJ getting to some left-handed laps is cool to me. Quickly, hopefully becoming a really good scorer and creator on a consistent basis is important to me. And, of course, we're going to hold people accountable for those things, too. But those feel like limitations in terms of, like, their skill set and, like, you know, their, their, their burden jumping to another level with more responsibility added to them. You know, like Grady come, coming in and being a good role player and knocking down some threes and, 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 and doing a good job. That's all cool and that's all good. You know, the other pieces are good. But, again, Scotty is the base, the foundation. Like, it doesn't matter if, like, it, like I don't know, man. It doesn't matter if, like, Mary and Pippin, like, <laughs> get captured in a forest. Or it doesn't matter if, like, you know, uh, Boromir dies in this case. Like, if Frodo loses the ring, it's done. Like, so he's Frodo in this case. With the fr- and, the, and the ring is the Raptors franchise. And it's going to get heavier and heavier and heavier with the responsibility to lead. Hopefully there are more nights in the future where he looks like what he did against the Cavs and he tries his very best to create and is engaged and telling people where to be and trying to play defense and everything like that. And there's a lot less moments like this one where it's like you just disengage and you just like, you know, back away from the situation. There's no backing away when you are the leader of the group. There just isn't. And, And that's how you maintain that leadership. That's how you maintain that respect for the group too. And I think for me... I would love for Darko to actually come in and just say, you know what, who's actually going to try to address this problem head on? Is it going to be talked about publicly? Is it going to be something that is going to be uh, affected with like changes in like minutes, anything like that? Like, how do you how do you accelerate that build and that responsibility? That's my question. And I'm not looking at it from a punitive standpoint. I'm just looking at it from a standpoint of this needs to happen. Otherwise, the Raptors will not get to the next level. Or any level. There's a post-game event here tonight with Gary Trent Jr., so unfortunately i got to move on. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be too loud in the background. So your three starts from tonight's performance. Grady's going to get the first star, 18 points. Uh, Kelly Olenek's going to get the second star, 17 points. And your third star, honestly, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, you know what? For the first time in history, I'm going to give Wemby the third star. I'm going to give the opposing team... The first star, I'm going to give Grady the second star. I'm going to give uh, uh, Kelly Olenek the third star. So before I go to break, uh, I got to tell you that um, there's a message from our sponsor. Are you ready to get fired up for the next game? Nothing helps you more than a bowl of Campbell's new chunky spicy chicken noodle soup. Let me tell you, it's got tons of seasoned chicken, veggies, and noodles all in a tasty broth. It'll fill you up and it'll get you fired up. So take your day to the next level and see if you can handle the heat with the new chunky spicy chicken noodle soup. So... Thanks, everyone, for listening. Again, I'm sorry about the background noise. It's nothing I can really control in this booth. It's an open booth, so I just got to wrap it here. You've been listening to the Raptors Reaction Podcast, brought to you by Campbell's new Chunky Spicy Soup.